No, this is my father-in-law's jacket and tie, so I thought it'd be fitting to wear this today. We are in Ephesians. Today is our last Sunday in Ephesians. So if you could grab your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 6. We're at the last section here. And I brought my Bible I began with in Ephesians two and a half years ago. The part of Ephesians fell out. We used it so much, or I used it so much. Thought it'd be fitting to have this Bible up here. Before we get into the Word of God, let's seek our amazing Father. This has been a weekend, hopefully for you, of thankfulness and joy and maybe sorrow. I had my mother-in-law come up this weekend. That's why I dressed up to impress her for second service. And it's been a time maybe of tears. We even in our own church body lost Jerry Severson a week and a half ago. But ultimately we turn to our good Father who is sovereign. Amen? He is good and He is just. So let's pray before we get into the Word of God. Eternal Father of our souls, we thank You for Your goodness. We thank You for the life that we have today to celebrate You. We thank You that we are able to have a time to have the parents dedicate Eleanor and we as a church dedicate ourselves so that the children in our church would come to know You and grow in You and then show that great love to this dying world. Lord, we thank You for Your goodness And even when things seem hard, you are still good. You never change. And Lord, that's so important to stand upon that foundation of Your sovereign hand each day. Lord, guide us this morning as we briefly close the book of Ephesians in our sermon series, but live it every day. As we hear from missionary that we support, And in the end, we celebrate the beauty of Your goodness in communion. And this we pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, what an accomplishment that we are finishing Ephesians. For some of you, it seemed like a decade. It's only been two and a half years in Ephesians. Now, two and a half years is about 130-some weeks. We had 83 weeks in Ephesians. We've been going through it verse by verse. Sometimes we'd pause at a word at a time. Again, imagine if I did Romans. That may come someday. We started with the grand scale of this praise anthem to the Lord. And again, if you remember me saying this, turn to Ephesians chapter 1, 3 through 14. It's my desire as your pastor that you memorize this section. Please get it in you. It's Paul's longest Greek sentence in his writing. In fact, in all of the New Testament, it's the longest Greek sentence from chapter 1, 3 through 14. He begins to start about praising God in this anthem, and it cascades, it rolls down this mountain, it gets grander and grander, and there's this beautiful Trinitarian aspect to it. I'll grab my section that fell out. Memorize this. Know this. This is the life of blessing we have. And if you recall, I said this 
we took almost two months just on this section. The greatest poverty you may have as a Christian is not knowing this truth right here. The greatest poverty you may have in your joys and in your sorrows is not knowing this section right here. Memorize it. Let me just read this part. Praise be to the God and Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love, He predestined us to be adopted as His sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will to the praise of His glorious grace which He has freely given us in the One He loves. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Christ to put in effect when the times have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and earth under one head, even Christ. Verse 11, In Him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will, in order that we who were first to hope in Christ might be for the prey of His glory. And you also were included in Christ, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed, you were marked in him with a seal. You were sealed, there's the verb there, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. Again, if you look at the wall over here, we have this little sign that says, a life of blessing. Chapters 1, 2, and 3 have been this life of blessing. Chapter 1 presented the plan of salvation from God's perspective. Chapter 2, the plan from our perspective that we were brought from death to life. We were made alive in Christ. And we have fellowship with God and with others. And then in chapter 3, the mystery of Christ and the Gospel made plain to the world and we now have this power and usefulness in the Gospel. And our foundation is this life of blessing. God's truth in our lives. Then we move to, from foundation to the function of Christianity. What's the foundation of Christianity? Chapters 1, 2, and 3. What's the function of Christianity? Take a look on this side. A life of service. We move from a life of blessing to a life of service. Chapters 1, 2, and 3, I said, are like a Christian job resume. You write out a resume, a brief account about the person. A summary of who I am. When I write a resume, I write out who I am. That's chapters 1, 2, and 3. This is who you are in Christ. Chapters 4, 5, and 6 are like the job, not resume, but job description. This is what you are to do. These are your duties. The employee's responsibilities. A summary from who I am now to a summary of what I am to do. Chapters 4, 5, and 6. This is the Christian life on how we are to live in light of God's grace and truth. Take a look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. 
He begins by saying, as a prisoner of the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. We are to live this life worthy. We are to walk worthy in our calling. Or another way of saying this, our conduct must match our calling. How we are to live must truly match this great calling we have upon our lives. Now we finish our study today. Ephesians chapter 6. Let's hear from the last portion of this grand letter. And then in January, we're going to start Ephesians all over again. Just kidding. As you know, in January, we will be doing a two-year series on Christ in the Old Testament. Going from Genesis all the way through to the minor prophets, looking at Christ. How, as in Luke, at the end of Luke, Jesus walks with two people saying, this all spoke of Me. Can't wait for that. Ephesians chapter 6, starting with verse 21. To Caiaphas, a dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you may also know how I am doing and what I am doing. I'm sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. So here he ends. He just penned this great letter that was read in Ephesus and was passed around to other churches, other house meetings and home churches in the area. Tuchiachus is first mentioned here in this last section. Now he's mentioned seven times in Scripture in the New Testament. Seven times his name comes up. And it's interesting, when I looked at each of them, he's one who does what the Lord asks him to do. And it's normally, when he's mentioned, he's doing a supportive role in ministry. He's not Paul who writes these grand letters. He's the one who delivers the letters. He's the one who supports the ministry. He's the one who's there doing profound ways in a supportive way. His He's called a faithful servant, a, here, a beloved brother, and we should be doing the same. Not all of you are called to dress up in a suit. I'm glad I don't have to do this all the time. Not all of you are called to be up front proclaiming the Word of God, preaching it, but we are all called to let people know about God's love. We are all called to be out there. And I believe that God is sovereign in all things. And He has placed you at this time, this place, for His purposes. If it was up to me, I would have been brought up in the 1800's out west on a horse with a Winchester lever action. That would have been my choice. But God said no. With a name like Cody, that would have been perfect. Why, Lord? But He said no. You'll be born in Milwaukee. Raised in Appleton. For a short time, go down to Illinois. Study there. Then come back. God has placed you in your neighborhood at this time, at your occupation, for His purpose, not for your purpose. God is sovereign so that you might also be called a 
faithful servant doing what God has called you to do. A beloved brother or beloved sister called to do what you're called to do. So what has God called you to do? He's called you to love God. And I encourage you parents and grandparents, get so involved in the Word of God that it expands your heart for Him alone. Have your affections so on God, as John Owen would say, that there's no more room for sin. Get so involved in God that it spills over that your children and grandchildren say, Grandpa, Grandma, something's different. Mom, Dad, what is it? Love God. You are called to love Him. You're also called to love others. It's Thanksgiving season. And we see many people, and sometimes you have many fr- family over or friends over in your house. We are called to love. And sometimes the hardest ones to love are our family members because we know them the most. We know their strengths and all their weaknesses. Love others. Also, I encourage you, serve the church. Remember, I love how in Ephesians chapter 5, Christ died for the church. And I encourage you, love the church, serve the church. Use your gifts and abilities, your life of service within the church. And also I encourage you, go to your mission field. Recall three or four years ago, we talked about missions. We took a whole month. Not all of us are called to be missionaries. A missionary in its normal understanding is someone who leaves their comfort of their language, their food, and their home to go to a location where there's different society, different culture, different ethnicity. But we're all called to be on mission for the Lord. We're not all called to be missionaries, but we have to enter our own mission field. We're not all called to be missionaries, but we each have a location. What's important to me as a pastor is that we as pastors, the four of us, we don't just serve the church and serve the flock feed the sheep, that's my number one job description, is to equip you to be ministers outside. But also it's important to me that we also engage in our community. Pastor Tony is involved with wrestling in Cameron. Pastor Luke is involved with drama and stuff that's involved here in Rice Lake, the theater. Pastor Eric has a social worker background and he's used in those areas. And I just like to hunt and fish. (laughs) I spend much time with law enforcement. Where has God called you? What has God put in your hands to use? If you're a carpenter, if you're skilled, if you're a plumber, if you're a farmer, be used. You may not be the upfront person, but you may be used by the Lord in simple ways as Tychicus was in a supportive role. Do what God's called you to do. But you may be called to be a missionary. said this years ago, if you want to be really close and be one of my best friends, get a passport. Everyone get a passport this year because let's go on the mission field. Everyone should take, I would encourage you, with the next six years for your family vacation, 
Go on the mission field and let's visit one of our missionaries. Go visit the Brogans. Go visit the Robertsons in Africa. Go visit missionaries. Take your family with you. All my kids have been on the mission field. Get a passport. 